Amy 50 KFUO, the messenger of good news. Good afternoon. It's time now for our moment on the lighter side. And today we welcome back again our special Christmas guest, Joseph, the husband of Mary and the father of our Lord. Well, well technically stepfather. Well, true, but with all stepfathers, you still shoulder the burden of raising a child. Yes, you might say I was his father on earth while his true father was in heaven. As indeed we all have earthly fathers, but still pray to our father in heaven. Last week you were sharing with us your frustrations of fatherhood. Despite your best efforts, nothing seemed to be working out. Yeah, that is correct. I had provided a wonderful home for my wife and child in Nazareth. But due to the arrogance of the Roman bureaucracy, we had to leave that comfortable house to travel to Bethlehem. And there you found no home, and so you had to take up temporary residence in a stable. And as luck would have it, that was the night the baby was born. So he ended up being laid in a manger, a feed trough, rather than the crib you made carefully for him. Ah, but but it was not luck at all. This was all the plan of God. In fact, all along in our difficult journey, we had been comforted by the Word of God. The word that promised the Savior would be born in the city of David in Bethlehem. It's the same way for you, you know. What do you mean? All my children, grandchildren, even my great-grandchildren, they were all born in hospitals. (laughs) No, no, not that silly. I, I mean to say, things often don't work out the way we plan, but that doesn't mean they're not working out the way God planned. Everything happens exactly as his word says. So, he said, in this world you will have trouble. And so we did. But he also said that he has overcome the world. And so we also witnessed that in our lives as well. I can see part of what you're saying. God has said the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So that detail of the story makes sense. But he didn't say anything about being born in a stable, laid in a manger. It seems to me God could have just as well found you a nice hotel room to spend the night. You would think so, wouldn't you? I mean, after all, the baby was the Son of God. Actually, you would have expected to find the baby not just in any old hotel room, but in the penthouse suite of the Bethlehem Hilton. But it was not to be, and and for good reason. What possible reason could God have for allowing his son to be laid in a manger? Well, just get out your Bible, if you would, Gary, and begin reading the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, as we've been doing, and I'll explain. Do you want me to start at the beginning? No, no, we read the first part last week. Begin with verse 7, where we lay him in a manger, then then continue on. Okay. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I know what you want me to read, and but before I go any farther, I've always wondered the business about this swaddling cloth. What's that all about? <laughs> well, well, that's easy. It just means he was in diapers. Uh, The point is, outwardly, this baby was indistinguishable from any other baby. You mean that the Son of God wasn't potty trained at birth? (laughs) (laughs) Well, nice thought, uh, but no. Changing diapers is one of the responsibilities of fatherhood, even if you are the father of the Son of God. 
Really? Fathers are supposed to change divers? Now, you know, that attitude may have worked a couple of generations ago, but not anymore, Gary. Yeah, I know. I've changed a few diapers in my lifetime, but I made I made a deal with when my grandkids were born, no grandkids and now no great grandkids. I don't change their diapers. <laughs> I'm, you know, that's not for grandpa. <laughs> but let me con- I see. I agree with you there completely. <laughs> let, me, let me continue on now, though. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were greatly afraid. I suppose it's worth noting that the angels we all rejoice over today were a source of great fear originally. That always rang true for me. I've done some camping in my time. Being alone in the countryside is a peaceful thing, but you have that peace disturbed by a host of angels would be enough to make the bravest man tremble in fear. Some might have to change your diapers, huh? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) They just might. (laughs) But the angel was quick to quiet the fear of the shepherds. You think you can find peace and quiet in the countryside? The angel would speak of the true peace that passes all human understanding. Uh, Read on. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, laying in a manger. You know, it was a good thing the angel spoke this word of peace. Otherwise, the shepherds would have really freaked out over what happened next. <laughs> well, isn't that the truth? Have keep, keep reading. And suddenly there was an angel, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. You know, we said earlier that faith is a thing impossible for us to accomplish by our own reason and strength. I think this story is further proof of that statement. What do you mean by that, Joseph? Well, I just had an angel come to me in a dream. But these shepherds heard a word spoken directly to them by an angel. They saw an angelic host. However, despite these wondrous signs, they still seem to have their doubts, don't they? Read the next verse. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to the other, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is to come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. You see, despite this miraculous sign of a multitude of angels, they still wanted to check things out. But wait a minute. Just wait, Joseph. I remember you told us it wasn't the dream that gave you faith, but the word of God. Well, these fellows had just heard the word of God. Why didn't they have faith immediately like you did? Well, perhaps simply as a reminder that we shouldn't take everything an angel tells us as being gospel truth. As the apostle Paul warns us, the devil himself can take on the appearance of an angel of light. But you do have a point. No devil would speak of a savior being born to us. In truth, I believe their actions speak not maybe to their doubt, but to their faith. Now, you've really confused me. How does their desire to go to Bethlehem to check things out speak to their faith? Because they were simply taking up the offer God's word had made to them. The angel didn't say they should just believe because an angel told them so. As we already said, we're not to believe dreams or angels, but only the word of God. So, so here God's word offers them something better than an angel. God's word offered them a sign a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, they simply took God up on his offer. 
and they were rewarded with faith because they did. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe laying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad, which was told to them concerning this child. So you see, when they saw the sign that God had given them, then, then they believed. And you know, it's really not that different for us. What do you mean, Joseph? Well, we don't have angels and we don't have dreams. We have only the Bible. But in that Bible, God not only speaks his word to us, but he has given us signs as well. You mean if we want to have faith, we should get on a plane and fly to Bethlehem? You're just having fun with me again, aren't you, Gary? <laughs> yeah, I've got to entertain myself. <laughs> well, no, what, what makes the shepherds an example for us all is this. They simply accepted the sign to which God's word directed them. I mean, after all, having seen a host of angels, what possible value could there be in seeing a baby lying in a manger? And uh, he was wearing a diaper, too. Well, right. If a host of angels doesn't convince, how is some common, ordinary-looking baby going to do so? But, but don't you see, that's where God's word led them. And that's where God confirmed their faith. But what does that have to do with us? God has given us signs as well, Gary, common, ordinary things. And yet he has promised that these signs will strengthen our faith far beyond any vision of angels. He has given us the sign of the water of baptism, the sign of bread and wine in a supper. How could such common things ever help our faith? But they do give us faith because they have God's word and promise attached to them. I think I see. Finding a babe in a manger would not itself have given the shepherds faith, but because God's word was attached to the manger, it did give them faith. Faith enough that they returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So when we are baptized with the word of God, and when we take the Lord's Supper with the word of God, we return home strengthened in our faith as well. And why wouldn't we be? God's word promises that the baptism washes away our sins. Jesus Christ himself promised that his body and blood is for us, for the forgiveness of sins. So that's why the babe was laid in the manger, because it was God's way of giving faith to those shepherds. Now, there were certainly more appropriate places the baby could have been born. Perhaps, as we said, in a fancy hotel or a gorgeous mansion in an exclusive Bethlehem neighborhood. But if you're looking to gather a bunch of shepherds, there could be no better place than the feed trough in a local Bethlehem stable. I think there's a lesson here for all of us. Certainly a stable and manger was not comfortable for Mary, but a perfect place for the shepherds. Likewise, when God puts us in difficult places, his intent is to use our trials to strengthen the faith of others. That, and he may be using these same trials to strengthen our faith as well. You know, Mary and I didn't get to see the angelic host, but as Luke writes, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, which is simply to say she took all the events of the last few months, the blessings and the trials, the joys as well as the sorrows, and she pondered them all in the light of the word of God. And as a consequence, in the end, she believed. And you did as well, I suspect. That I did. Little did we realize, however, that the real testing of our faith had just begun. But we'll talk more about that in a few weeks, uh, after we've had all the chance to celebrate with the angels, Mary and myself, over the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior. I'll talk to you again then more after Christmas, Gary. 
Thanks so much, Joseph, and I look forward to that conversation as well. We are the Messenger of Good News, KFUO, KFUO.org, AM 850 in the St. Louis region.